You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to episode 69 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Joining you, as always, is me, Gandalf, and once again, Matt and Nathan Van Horn. How are you guys doing? Doing great. I love how my thing is is like guy with last name. Good to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Good to be here. (laughs) Well, in last in last week's little, it's not really an episode, but it's a, the the Gandalf only episode. Uh, I made sure to say it the whole thing every time. It's Nathan Van Horn. It's like trademark. Yeah, you, you, have you, to only, say you only get the, the Gandalf thing. only episode like with the platinum edition of season three. Yeah, <laughs> but it is a joyous thing to have all three of us together. And uh, it's one of those weird things where it's like we only missed one week of recording, but I already feel rusty at it. Like I already feel out of practice. It's like a, it's like coming back to school from summer va- vacation. So we, uh, I tell you what, just as a refresher for me, where did we leave off last week? Uh, Genesis 15, and okay. we're going to basically look at the same stuff we looked at previously. Just go a little bit further in what we've already read. That's right, Eliezer, mm-hmm. or or somebody from Damascus, right. depending on how you yeah. read it. Whatever. Go that, back and listen to that episode. Whatever that means. Still confused. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, very characteristically of us, we talked about how we there's lots of questions and we don't necessarily have the answers to them, but here they are. So it's interesting, the whole lots of question things, because uh, because today we're going to talk about the stars, because this is the thing that God uses to describe his promises to Abraham. And one of the things that's fascinating to me is the astronomy that we thought we understood 20 years ago. So much of that is now out of date. Like mm. our, our knowledge of the stars is, is constantly changing. The stars are constant. Our understanding of them is ever growing. And what was, what's the name of that telescope that was just launched? I was just about to say the James Webb telescope oh, might yeah. actually make our understanding of the stars from when we're recording this to when it is published. It might actually be different. Wow. <laughs> so that's yeah. how quickly things advance. Have you yeah, ever, what, what, have you ever, what year like, did they start building that? Um, 1995. Wow. It is older than my brother. Wow. Aww. Shout out to Gandalf's <laughs> brother. Have y'all ever yeah, been listening to, to the other two guys in the podcast? So like if it's Gandalf, me and Matt, if it's Matt, me and Gandalf, and be like, man, I don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's how I feel listening to y'all every single I am, week. I am so. familiar <laughs> with the Jason Webb, but I think it's only because y'all, I mean, James Webb, it's James Webb, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it's Jason only Webb because is a friend of ours who pastors in McGee, Mississippi. That's yeah. Shout out to Jason <laughs> Webb. Um, Good the, love uh, church. Um, and just like that, he was just as famous as he was before. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, the only reason I know about the James Webb Telescope is I'm pretty sure y'all talked about it in a pre-recording one time, and I like looked it up to feel, you know, less not smart. Hey. Well, Nathan, if it makes you feel better every time you say something off the cuff about like 
you know, ancient Hebrew writing, I go, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, and yeah. I, <laughs> I need, that's what I just need to practice my oh yeah, my oh, oh yeah thing. Oh yeah, James Webb, go on, go on. Of course, I had a, of course, I had a fun the James moment. Webb telescope. I had a fun moment Sunday night though. I came to a word I couldn't pronounce, and I was, uh, I was Satellite. like, yeah. So these are these are big words, and I, I don't know how to pronounce them. And I said, I don't know if anybody here knows how to pronounce that either. And I was just moving on, <laughs> and then a buddy of mine, Jake Wood, announces from the floor. He pronounces it. And he goes, "That's how you say it." I was like, "Oh, that's right." <laughs> that was thanks, funny. Jake. It it was a good laugh. It was a good laugh. <laughs> All right. Well, I there is one thing I know for certain, and that's I read Genesis fifteen one through six before, so it's not going to be me this time. Well, we're going to focus on one through five, but oh, okay. we'll, we'll go five. ahead and hit on verse six because we're going to our our Roman scholar will have much to say on verse six when we get there, but we're not going to go there today. But I will read one yeah, through today five. Today we just need a Genesis scholar. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we're going to, uh, I'll go ahead and read verse 6, but uh, we're going to focus particularly on verses 4 and 5, uh, especially leaning into verse 5. Okay. As always, reading from the ESV, the word of our Lord says this, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? for I continue childless. Childless, The heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad we're talking about an episode with, uh, with stars in it. Yes. Um, it makes me, th- it makes me think of that time you and I went out to the, uh, the uh, burial mounds on the oh yeah up there like headed towards uh uh bay springs yeah and and we got there and like when you turned the car the your your truck lights off like we could see how much how many stars there actually were because you can't see them here in tupelo but like we could see the actual like arm the the spiral of the galaxy arcing over the sky that was was, that was amazing this reminds me like uh my first two summers after college at mississippi college I worked at Central Hills Baptist Retreat, mm-hmm. and I just I felt like I had never paid attention to the night sky because being out there in a far more remote setting, you could just I mean really I mean not only could you see more stars, you could see the stars more, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. So it, it must have been, it must that that's a huge point that Matt was talking about how our understanding of the stars has changed, but it hasn't changed so much that this still doesn't make sense to us today because Abram, even not know, not knowing about the burning balls of gas billions of miles away, as mm. thank says, you, right? Lying. Oh he, yeah, he still mm, that's he me still knowing. would have looked <laughs> <laughs> James Webb Telescope. Well, <laughs> well, he still would have looked up, and because of no light pollution, that would the magnitude of that promise would have still been clear to him, regardless of his knowledge. Yeah, yeah, I'm I do. I, I love the way God says it. 
count the stars if you're even able to count them, implying you can't. Mm. In other words, God, God saying, Abraham saying, I don't even have one heir. And God saying, well, how high can you count? How, how, how well can you even see to count high? Mm. Uh, in other words, the scope of this promise is beyond what you can fathom. So I, I can't remember the number, the number of stars that you can see with the human eye without magnification on a perfectly clear viewing night in a place where there's no light pollution is it actually just name, numbers in a few thousand. I, I was yes. say, a, a quick unrefined Google search suggests about 5,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think clearly here, the the point is, is that you're, you're not going, to, it's kind of like Jesus's statement when he's talking to Peter and Peter asks him, how, how often should I forgive my brother? You know, one time, two times, three times, seven times, 70 times, 70 times. seven. And the Mm. point is you can't count them because the moment you would try to start counting the stars, you'd be like, wait, have I already counted this one? Oh, I got to start over. So and again, the sky sky is always changing. There's only one constant in our sky, and that's Polaris. Uh, So the sky is always changing. And then through the seasons, like trying to count the stars would be a lifelong pursuit. Yeah. Well, it's actually, it's funny. I just had a thought. We can, uh, future Gandalf, you can cut this if this doesn't work. I had, I just had a thought. Nathan's uh, primitive Google search, as he calls it. If you can only see 5,000 stars with the naked eye, I like the idea that even if Abram had been able to count it, God far outstripped even that. Oh, yeah. Right. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, and it's the detail that Nathan was just pointing out, if you were able to number them. And also to, to understand it, uh, when the promise is reiterated, reiterated to Abram in a few chapters, he's going to say also the sand of the sea. <laughs> now you have a real problem. It's not just, and there's, it, it, think about how much sand is out there. I mean, there are even more stars than that. It's just absolutely. Um, that's hard to wrap your mind around there. It like, is so hard. To that's hard to wrap your mind. Around. There's more stars than there is sand. Um, but Matt, there's a lot of sand. <laughs> I, I I don't want to pivot too much, but I I know of at least one scholar. We've talked about this. Uh, yeah. We're 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 talking about stars, and we're talking numerically. We're talking about quantitative. So you're right. And there's at least one scholar who says maybe there's something more going on here. Cause I think back to our early episodes in Genesis um, mm-hmm. where we said that star language is often used with sons of God, celestial beings. Uh, oh, and, and, right. and, well, and that's cool. Yeah. So also looking at the word there, look toward heaven, Shemayim, uh, where have we, where have we read this before? This is in the very first verse of the Bible. Uh, isn't that right? Am I remembering this correct? I don't have it in front of me. Breshit bara Elohim et hashemayim yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So it is look toward heaven. And the way we discussed that many, many moons ago, or stars ago. There uh, it is. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> when we were looking at Genesis 1-1, we talked about the way that it's a summary statement, and the way that ancient peoples viewed this is 
we only typically focus on the physical creation side. And they understood this is that, hey, in the beginning, God made everything, the places of heaven and the places of earth. Back to the, back that, to the Colossians language, the visible yeah, and the invisible. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Visible, invisible, uh, thrones, so, dominions, rulers, authorities. And so, when, and, and, but there's a, but there is to that point, there are, there is sometimes an overlap and not just, not just purportedly here, here it's, you know, up for debate, but there is a place, there are places in the Bible where there is a qualitative aspect to being one of God's people, and there's an association with star language. Yeah, so it's interesting that we've talked about this, that the morning stars, uh, the morning star itself, uh, that angels are referred to stars, but not just angels, specifically the sons of God. And so one of the things, I know Michael Heiser has talked about this, we've talked about him a lot, but there's also, there's some rabbinic traditions here, and it's not... Uh, and there's some ancient Jewish interpretation that, that leans in this way, that they see not just a quantitative thing here, but a qualitative thing. Uh, and I think this is tapped into. It's definitely tapped into in Daniel. Yeah, Daniel and, 12 is the passage that immediately right. comes to mind. And being a Paul guy, what Paul does with that in Philippians 2. Yeah, do everything without complaining or arguing, that you may become blameless in your children's... Children's... children's <laughs> children of God in the midst of a crooked perverse generation among whom you shine like stars shine like stars so what what, what's all that about so yeah he wasn't trying to write a VBS theme song like there's clearly something more on Paul's mind (laughs) oh that's good so there time out time out I don't know this but I can almost guarantee there is a shine like stars VBS theme song somewhere out there well, we did a uh, that that, that would be space quest. We did a children's a... musical uh, a few years ago, uh, where it was something about stars. It was it was really good. Well, there it is. Uh, so, going back to Lion King, and we've talked about Lion King and the whole star and Pumbaa and Timon and Simba sitting on the mountainside. It uh, turns out that the person that was there, or the the character that was there on the mountainside, that seemed to have the most biblical way of understanding the stars is in kind of a weird way Simba because when Simba looked at the stars he was told that hey look it's the great kings of the past that looked down on us from those stars and it's not that the kings became stars but there was the stars gave Simba and Simba's father a means of talking about those who had gone before and the fact that they are still there and they still exist and I think that's you know, that's a stretch. Don't look for a perfect one-for-one one fit here. But I think that's the way we should understand this. It's not that the saints who have gone before become stars. I do wonder how that, often the average Better Than Fiction Bible podcast listener says to themselves, that's a stretch. <laughs> that's right. It's People don't become stars. The stars are a means of describing something. They're, they're a symbol, just like... For instance, we learn in Genesis chapter 1 that these things are created as a sign or a symbol. Uh, So anyway, and we're not alone in this. There are people that are much more dedicated to Genesis scholarship than us that take uh, this position, that this is not just a quantitative thing, but a qualitative thing that... Hey, you know what? Your offspring is going to become like the sons of God. And lo and behold, the New Testament language 
We are adopted into God's family as his sons, and we are called the children of God. And it's interesting to me that the Old Testament, when it talks about the sons of God, it refers to them as stars. But then when the New Testament comes along, and if you combine some Old Testament language, when the the sky is going to be rolled up like a scroll and the stars are going to fall from the heavens, and in a sense, the corrupt sons of God will be displaced and then replaced by the glorified sons of God in inheritance that they share as co-heirs of Christ. That's how all that stuff fits together. I just said a whole bunch of stuff we haven't really gotten into. But if you were tracking with I'm me... I'm doing my James Webb telescope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes, of course. It, um, well, I mean, Matt, so we, we there's referenced... There's language there. To your point, though, you know, we referenced Daniel 12. Daniel 12, 1 through 3 merits reading. Um, yeah. uh, by the way, <laughs> I have a good friend. He'll know who I'm talking about. At one point, he was listening to this podcast, and he's like, I'm pretty sure he was. These guys are crazy. And then... He was teaching and he was doing some study in Daniel and he was like, well, how about that? <laughs> so anyway, anyway, yeah. um, so we are crazy, just not about this. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, so Daniel 12, one through three, here's what's interesting to me. And I'm going to read it from the ESV. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. That's interesting. And there mm. shall be a time of trouble such as never been seen since there was a nation till that time. That's interesting. Where, where do nations come from? Mm-hmm. Post-flood Babel. Uh, but right. at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Uh, stars, not asterisk. Um, and, many, <laughs> and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above literally this is the same word used for the expanse the rakia that's interesting and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever now here's what's interesting to me it's this whole cluster of things number one you have one of two named angels in the bible in this passage michael the archangel Mm -hmm. right right that's interesting to me and he's not just any archangel. He's the archangel who, uh, you know, Daniel 9 and other places, who was given charge of whom? God's people. People, right. You have in Daniel 12 stuff that ties us back to Babel, that right on that precipice of Abram, Abraham, um, such, since the, such as has never has been since there was a nation till that time. This is right at the, this is the Genesis 10 through 12 area of Scripture. Hmm. Um, uh, and then the, the way of discussing those who are vindicated, those who are, um, uh, you know, those who are found to be among God's people, those who are, uh, uh, I don't even know what language you want to use. It's kind of like glorification language. Uh, in mm-hmm. other words, it, it envisions that something is not just about the quantity. There is something qualitative happening, Right. Um, you know, some, some scholars make this point about uh, Jesus uh, post-resurrection um, doing some things we don't see Jesus doing pre-resurrection. And of course, Jesus is 100% God, 100% man at all times. But Jesus is also demonstrating the resurrection hope. He's the first fruits of the resurrection, right? Right. Um, 
anyway, there's man, there's so many places. Um, so, there's so many I places meant, we can go to that. Romans eight comes to mind too. Yeah, Romans eight. Also, uh, Isaiah thirty four is what I was re- referencing earlier. Let me read Isaiah thirty four two through four. It says, "For the Lord is enraged against all the nations and furious against all their host. He has devoted them to destruction." has given them over for slaughter. So it sounds like this day of judgment is talking about people. Their slain shall be cast out, and the stench of their corpses shall rise. The mountains shall flow with their blood. All the host of heaven shall rot away, and the skies roll up like a scroll. You read that incorrectly. And the skies roll up like a scroll? Yeah. The skies roll oh, oh, yeah. up like a scroll. Okay, the, sorry. Now, sorry. now it's a de facto episode. There it is. The, sorry. There you go. I couldn't, and I don't know why I picked that key. That wasn't that wasn't good, but it's in there now, so we're gonna. It's go there, and and it says, and the skies roll up like a scroll. All their host shall fall, as leaves fall, from the vine, like leaves falling from a fig tree. And we mentioned Dr. Heiser earlier. He sees here Psalm 82. Um, So it's interesting. In Psalm 82, we've talked about this before. When God is mentioned here as being in the council of other spiritual beings. Called Elohim. Yes, called Elohim. Elohim has taken his place. Right. uh, In the divine council. In the divine council in the midst of the Elohim. That's right. So we talked about this also, if you remember the whole uh, stuff we looked at in, was it 1 Kings 22, if I'm remembering correctly? Yeah, 1 Kings 22, when uh, Micaiah saw the heavenly council meeting. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy and deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They either, they neither have knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. Now, verse 6, notice what he says. It's interesting. And he's talking to these spiritual beings. I said, you are gods, sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Well, if they're stars, it's this whole idea that they're falling. And what's interesting is verse number eight, where he ends Makes it. Makes you think of Luke, right? I saw, yeah. Satan, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's right. That, and that's, also, you, can't, you can't exactly like twinkle, twinkle, little star. Like it doesn't quite fit the imagery of the. Correct. Yeah. But, but verse eight there at the end of Psalm 82, arise, O God. Judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. Okay, so first of all, that word there, arise, uh, should make us think about the resurrection. Well, uh, that, it's interesting when Jesus resuscitates um, uh, the girl in the New Testament, he says, Talitha kum. He uses this mm-hmm. word, arise. Correct. And it's saying, res- Oh, arise, O oh God, this is potentially messianic, and judge the earth for you, Jesus, shall inherit the nations. And when you tie that in with Pauline theology, that we are co-heirs with him, is that we are going to be like 
the sons of God in the so, sense of the so Old here's, Testament. This is, so this is an interesting thing. So it essentially captures a, a two-way thing. Number one, that those who are incorporeal, celestial beings, you know, sons of God, Elohim, lowercase e, right. um, that they can trespass to the point where they are judged and share a human-like fate, a, like a, a qualitative demotion in their state of being. And conversely, there there's this imagery that those who are the people of God, who have trusted in him, will be vindicated over against the wisdom of their day and shine like stars. And that might involve some kind of qualitative, not just, you know, qualitative sure. promotion and state of being. Um, so when we look at things like this, because perhaps you're sitting in your car right now and you're listening to this podcast, you're like, Man, I don't know. I think they're reading way too much into this. Whether or not this principle is supposed to be found here in Genesis, it's found elsewhere in the Bible that believers are compared to as the glorified sons of God and are going to judge and rule the earth with God. They're going to judge angels. They're going well, and there's certainly, when we get into, you know, when we get later in the Old Testament and we start talking about resurrection resurrection is far more in jewish and early christian thought than simply coming up from the grave right um and uh i mean think think about the you know thinking about think about the imagery of god taking his people to be where he is that's not just a quantitative distance that's a qualitative difference uh distance that's a, that's through the veil right that's through the expanse right. the rakia that was referenced in uh, multiple of the passages we've alluded to today. Um, and so, uh, again, not positive that Genesis 15 is hitting on that, but it's an interesting possibility that I, I really had never considered it prior to Heiser uh, going there. So let me throw this. Gandalf, I know you're a fan of C.S. Lewis. I know you love Lion, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe. And I've read the book. It's been a while since I've read the book. But recently here, I've been watching Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe a good deal with my kids. Uh, my youngest daughters love it, especially Lucy. She calls it the movie about Lucy. Um, <laughs> but Lucy and the Lion is what she calls the whole movie. But there is this scene in there in the movie, and I can't remember if it's in the book, but there's a fox character that is working for Aslan, the, the king of Narnia, against the queen of Narnia, Jadis, or... Uh, the White she, Witch. Yeah, the White Witch. The lady with the Turkish delight. Don't take candy that's, from strangers. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, when she catches him and she has Edmund captive, because she's captured one of the sons of Adam, one of the, the children, uh, he says, please forgive me, your majesty, to... She says that, and she gets on to him, and he said, I wasn't talking to you. Burn. He was speaking to Edmund, who is at the moment was betraying the people. And the fox, though, was already acknowledging what Edmund was going to be. And I think th there some application as we think about this is that um well we talked about this in genesis 3 right uh, you know and and we didn't quote all the text but one of my favorite uh 
uh, and it's speculative, but one of my favorite texts around Genesis 3 as to the motivations of, um, you know, the serpent for, for rebelling against God um, right there in the garden is, is, is saying, you know, you've created me out of light or fire and you've created right. him out of mud and yet you've created him to be above me. That whole Psalm 8, you have made him a little lower than the angels, angels. and the Septuagint. Elohim in Hebrew, right? Right. That's right. Uh, and yet you've created, and yet you've given him a crown. Um, right. Uh, and so it's you know, Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. He's already acknowledging, even though Edmund is living out of line with it in that moment in the uh, story, he's already acknowledging, hey, Edmund, who looks lower than you right now, White Witch, was created to be something much more. Right. And what the crazy thing is, Edmund can't see it in the moment. That's it. He well, can't see it in the moment, and well, he doesn't realize. Uh, I I heard uh, a light guy, pollution. Yeah, I had a professor in college, not in college, in seminary. Uh, a Russell Moore. I had him for a couple of classes, and one of the things he was talking about C.S. Lewis. He said, "Be careful what you say towards anyone, because you've never spoken to just a mere mortal." And he added on to that and said that when you speak to another believer, you're speaking to a future king or queen of the universe. So, so, so choose like, your words carefully. To bring Lion King back into this, remember who you are. <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. Don't yeah. fuss at people. Remember who you are. And I think there's a lot around us that pulls us away and causes us to forget who we are. In fact, we in our pre-discussion, Gandalf, we talked about light pollution. Why don't you give us a wrap and explain what that is and uh, take us home. Well, I mean, basically if, uh, light pollution is if you were, if you were Abram and you were living in New York city and God said, well, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you as numerous as the stars. If you can even count them, Abraham would have been like, what, what, what stars? What are you talking about? <laughs> because like, like, Oh, I'm going to get five descendants yeah. um, that I can barely see right. uh, because you know, we live in modern times. The light of the of the cities and the reflections and all that make it so that it's light bouncing of off the cities. atmosphere. And we can't we can't see that far out into the into the sky. So in order to be able to see clearly the light of stars, you got to go way on out. Yeah, it's, the, I think the star, best the stars place... are something you you don't see in them in the city. You see them in the garden. Oh, yeah. and, that's uh, good, that's Nathan. Good. What a brilliant man. Indeed. But, uh, well, it reminds me, the best place I've ever seen stars was out in the desert traveling between Reno and Wilderness fits into biblical imagery, too. <laughs> there you go. There you go, yeah. Nathan. But you know what? It's not even light pollution. Sometimes you just can't even see it just because of things like clouds, which are temporary. Right. Uh, every time every time there's no moon, I go out to that same place, out to the burial mounds on the Natchez Trace. And about half the time, you still can't see anything, even though there's no light out there because clouds so, are, are obscuring it. So if you're if you're fighting on the other team, if you are Satan and one of these sons of God that are in rebellion against him, these fallen angels, whatever you want to call them, you already know. I mean, you've, you've read the Bible. You know that in the end you're not going to win. Spoiler you're, alert. Yeah. Your only play is to stall this thing out. Your only play, and the way you do that is you keep the people who are going to crush you under their feet, 
you keep them deceived so they they don't know who they really are. Even though Paul says in Romans 16, 20, for the God of peace will soon crush Satan and he will crush him under, under your, your feet. feet. Yeah, that's right. You keep them deceived so they don't know who they really are. Because in Christ, you're you're talking about a future queen or king of the universe, the sons of God. And this is why the creation longs with pains of childbirth so that the sons of God might be revealed. And there's another reference to Abraham in that passage, but we'll come to back to that another day. Yeah. Good stuff. And another, and another thing we want you to always come back to is the Better Than Fiction Bible There podcast. it is. And you can make sure that you can always find your way. Don't, don't cast your eyes downward, listener. Cast your eyes upward to the airwaves where you can always receive a new episode every Tuesday morning only by subscribing to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, right. Spotify. Whatever your choice of platform is, we're here for you. Make sure you hit like, five-star written review. Leave us a comment on our website, and we'll see you back here next week. That's right. Join us as we connect the dots for the stars. Shalom. All right. I'm locking that in. That was good. <laughs>